From the West Coast to the coast of Leech Lake, this is the Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I am ticked off. Uh-oh. Hi, ticked off. Nice to meet you. Ah, what was, is going on? In, it's okay. I'll keep it. <laughs> what is going on in the NBA? It's been Scuffle City. Most notably, the scuffle between Carlton Towns and Joel Embiid. Man, that was... Uh, Real intense. Yeah. And you know what? All last night, the only thing I could do was defend Carl Anthony Towns against Chalanga, who was in Joel Embiid's corner. But what's happened since then, Chalanga? Okay. Have you started inching over. Okay, 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 okay. Slow down. So I was talking last night. I said, you know what? Fights happen. It was a really rough game. They had been Letting a lot of things go. Like, the refs had not been calling very much, so it was very physical. Except they did check that one foul uh, from Joel Embiid on Carl Anthony Towns that right. ended up being a common foul. Right, right, right. But And, and you know, Towns was wrapping Joel. Like, he was wrapping his arm all night. Like, every post-up, Carl would hook Joel Embiid's arm, which is... Same, same, with, jo- same with Joel. Which is annoying, which is annoying, and sometimes you just gotta kind of scuffle it out. You just gotta get it out of your system like that. So I was, I was just trying to be empathetic and to understand why someone would do that. Um, however, <laughs> since it has happened, neither party has showed very much grace. No. Uh, <laughs> so there's been a little bit of a social media fight. I just want to point out what I saw at least from what happened, because there weren't any good camera angles. Mm-hmm. It looked like Joel, somehow after that uh, double team, got physical with Cat, and he lightly pushed Joel away, and then Joel pushed back harder, and then it looked like Cat uh, was like, are you kidding me? And that's when he put him in the headlock. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that this, so their arms were tangled, you know, at, and like... They were both kind of like, get off of me. And, and Carl like shoved, sh- like moved his arm, like shoved his arm to get Joel's arm off of him. And then that's when Joel retaliated. And, you know, I'm glad that they didn't. Joel think- did the first non-basketball move push. It yeah. looked like. To yeah, me. that I, I agree. I agree. I'm glad that they didn't consider Carl Anthony Towns' like swing to get the headlock as like a punch because that could have been you know a bigger suspension Several games yeah yeah so just to update they did get suspended for two games for that scuffle breaking news um yeah it just it just, just broke <laughs> uh they both have been suspended two games nobody else got a suspension before we talk about the social media fight can we just talk about ben simmons because ben simmons actually has me really upset he I want to talk about Jeff Teague after that to get us a little bit happier. Perfect. So it's Ben Simmons was not even involved in the fight. So, you know, like two guys fighting is one thing because they, clearly there was an issue between the two of them and they just had to go go to blows to, to figure it out that, you know, shit happens. But Ben Simmons came out from out of the play. I mean, he was... Guns a-blazing. Yeah, he was down court and he ran all the way back and he got Carl on the ground and... Well, Carl was like, he flipped Carl over to his stomach and put him in a chokehold while Carl Anthony Towns was laying on his stomach. You can see in the slow motion camera, you can see uh, Ben Simmons' muscles tense up like he's really... Excessive force. Yes. Hands up, don't shoot. He was a cop. He was such a cop in that moment. He probably is both a Republican and <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he loves cops for sure. Ben Simmons is a cop lover. Sorry, Philly. Um, but Ben Simmons didn't get suspended at all. And I thought he should have maybe been suspended the longest because you don't put someone in a chokehold while they're on their stomach. That's like, yeah, that's dangerous and excessive and completely unnecessary. Now, the the arbiter who actually did everything the exact right way was the one and only Jeffrey Teague. Ugh. Every time Jeff T gets into a fight, like when he, he was in a fight with Dennis Schrader, he always gets on my good side. I don't know what's going on with, with Ben Simmons, but with Jeff Teague, he took down Joel Embiid by himself. 
or he took him off of Carl Anthony Towns by himself. Like yeah. he took care of that by himself. That was impressive. And to not like get involved in the fight at all. Yeah. You know, Jeff Teague might be the strongest Timberwolf. He's he is super definitely strong. the best fighter. Yeah. Jeff Teague yeah. is on the short list of guys I would not want to get into a fight with. I'm with you, man. But he's also like look at his arms. His his shoulders and and biceps are so big travion graham might be a little stronger but jeff teague is no lightweight other than the fact that he might actually literally be literally be uh low weight i agree (laughs) (laughs) he might be 180 pounds no way 189 pounds that's 190 baby (laughs) that's 180 baby all right, that's uh, pretty close. That's pretty close. That was that was that was good of you, Dylan. So he the, the, he's a good fighter. He's the best fighter per pound in the NBA. Let's call him that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So the aftermath of this fight, the aftermath of this fight, Joel Embiid took to social media. First, he posted a series of pictures with him flexing and dapping up his teammates and giving high fives to the 76ers crowd. Uh, you can see Carl's parents yelling at him in this photo of him leaving, uh, which is pretty funny. And Joel Embiid That's said... That's where the humor ends. That Joel Embiid said, Great team win. I was raised around lions and a cat pulled on me tonight. LMAO. Not, that wasn't even a funny joke, Joel. Got his mama given middle fingers left and right. That's some serious real estate. Hashtag Come fight on, Joel. Hashtag Don't bring I moms no into it. Everyone knows that that's across the line. And having bitch in the same Instagram post, the word bitch, as Kat's mom, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. it It's just... It's just a, in the same realm. I know he's not c- calling him that, but I was like, is he even calling Kat a bitch? I don't know. But that's just... Not, whatever it was... Not appropriate. Yeah, it's it, it's just a bad look for him. Then Carl comes back with a photo series of him smiling and leaving, and Carl actually kind of did it to him because he's got some pictures of him. It looks like um, it looks like he's really winning the fight in all these photos. And then the <laughs> series ends with Joel Embiid crying after they lost in the second round last year. And Carl captioned it: "I ain't no bitch raised around lions." Cap 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 cap. Clown, 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 clown. All clown. the, he did, he did the SpongeBob capital letter thing. Yep, yes, he did. And then mocking he, the quote. Then he said hashtag bitch talk. So that's a pretty mild comeback. Like he didn't, he didn't um, use his words so much to come back. He just showed real images of what happened, and he made himself look really good in those images. And he quoted. Joel Embiid. He wasn't using those words himself. And then... At the same time, very childish to even acknowledge it. And then Joel Embiid commented on Carl Towns' post, which Carl then hid. He he commented, Imagine talking after a 20-point loss. You hate to see it, LMAO. Go ahead using that pick of me, uh, pick of me caring about losing in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, wait. You've never been there. You don't know what it's like. No cap. Boy finally won three games, and he's talking, and I know you ain't talking. You've been a pussy your whole life. That's why you were treated like a bitch by you-know-who. I ain't going to— Wow. Mm-hmm. Horrible. That's just, like, foul. That's foul. He's a sore loser. He cries when he loses. He's a sore loser, and he's a sore winner. For real, y'all won the game. I don't know if there's anything to like about him. And on top of all of that, which you tried to dispute with me, but it's very, I, I'm not saying he used force, but he definitely moved his thumb over Cat's eye, which is not okay in any fight. That's below the belt. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. And, you know, it's it's hard to glean context from a, like a single still image. But you don't put but, your thumb there. But you... It was probably a dirty move. Like his his intention was probably dirty. I, I'm just after the after after everything that happened afterward. I'm over defending him for that. I just it, there's no point. You don't you don't move your hand there. You don't move your um, hand there, and you don't use that kind of language 
See, but it's then, all inappropriate. But then he, he should have gotten he should have gotten suspended for longer just because of those Instagram posts. Yeah, honestly, or he should get fined. I don't know. I mean, I guess the the league can't like how much can they take what a player says on social media, you know, into account for suspensions and fines. I don't know. They almost fired Daryl Morey. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. And so I think for the from right, the, a but, league perspective, it would be a really bad look to let Daryl Morey cost the NBA tens of hundreds of millions of dollars and get nothing and then let Joel Embiid say some bad words on Twitter and get fined. Like, that would be a bad look. It wasn't just some bad words. It was slanderous words against another star in the NBA, another player in the NBA, which is... And and just inappropriate to even begin conversation like that. I'm, and I'm the other you. thing is that it's their responsibility to end this. They were not in jeopardy of Daryl Morey tweeting out anything again because Daryl Morey was like, okay, I'm keeping my lips shut. But Joel Embiid is th- throwing out Maltovs. Yeah. We don't need to talk about, you know, who's getting, like, if... Daryl should be suspended or if they should be suspended. That's not the point of this. I just wanted to bring up the last thing that, that Joel said. So the la- the very last thing is after he commented that on Carl's Instagram, uh, it sounds like Carl maybe hit it or deleted it. And Joel Embiid, uh, Joel Embiid tweeted a screen cap of his comment. And he said, that tough guy act ain't cutting it. You know what you are. You know what you've always been. A pussy. Say it louder for the people in the back. Been kicking your ass and pretty please make the playoffs before you talk. It's a known thing. Which Carl I did own make you. the playoffs. Carl did make the playoffs. And, and jo- won a playoff game. Yeah, Joel Embiid, let's see you play be- 60 games in a season. Yeah, let's see you play <laughs> on this Timberwolves team. Let's see you have Andrew Wiggins as your second best scoring option. <laughs> let's see you have jeff teague on defense rather than ben simmons on defense right i'm saying you put carl anthony towns in joel Embiid spot right now Ooh, oh boy that team would be good i mean joel Embiid is good he's really good he's great at basketball but carl is just as good and now that Carl has been playing a lot stronger defense and through three games was the best rim protector in terms of percentage around the rim in the NBA at 10 for 29, 34% uh, percentage. Uh, and Joel Embiid has had the luxury of playing with, I mean, he played with J.J. Redick for two years. That The amount of space that J.J. Redick creates for a big man is insane. No, like, no, no, he's not getting doubled because they can't double him. On that team. Zach Levine is the best shooter that Carl Anthony Towns has ever played with. Yikes. And that was Zach Levine before the Bulls, before he took off and is actually a pretty good offensive player. Like, he was an average offensive player at best when he was playing with the Wolves. Yeah. So the point is, Carl Anthony Towns won the fight and... Joel Embiid. Until Ben Simmons decided uh, yeah. to come in. Until, until Ben Simmons chokeholded and him. choke him out. Um, who, who should be suspended, but whatever. Should have been. Joel Embiid was butthurt because somebody put their hands on him. And he got too serious. I mean, he just, he just was inappropriate. It was inappropriate. It wasn't just too serious. It was just like he went all in on Towns for that. And that was... Yeah, and I can't believe that Elton Brand is sticking by his player and he's saying that Towns instigated all of this. It was just clearly none of that. Well, I can believe that. I mean, that's what you that's what you do if for your for your players. If you're the GM of a team, of course you stick by your players. Yeah, I haven't heard any word from Gerson. I've heard word from Elton Brand. This is true. Yeah, and the 76ers are more of a show. I mean, they're just a show, and it's it's a different culture than the Timberwolves and I will be rooting against the Sixers for the rest of the year, at the very least. Let's go, Bucks! <laughs> uh, uh, yes. uh, all right, so now we're going to move on to, to talking a little bit about of some of our season um, preview. Actually, I have I have some things on Cat. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I wanted to say I'm pretty disappointed in Cat for two reasons. Clearly, he shouldn't be getting into the pettiness, right? And he did involve himself in the pettiness, and he didn't even need to defend himself 
when Joel started calling him a bitch. Like that was mistake one. Uh, I wish he posted something positive about the team rather than like about Joel Embiid mm-hmm. or like how it felt like he failed the team and not helping them seal a victory that night because the ultimate troll would be to not talk about it at all. Right. Yep. The one that wins the rivalry is the one that doesn't even acknowledge the rivalry or acknowledge the other person in the rivalry. There's a rivalry that we have in Los Angeles. That's uh, San Francisco versus Los Angeles. And the reason why L.A. wins that rivalry every time is because San Francisco thinks that everyone in L.A. hates them and L.A. doesn't even think about it. Right. So if if Cat would have taken that mindset, it would have been so much more impactful and it would have been in lockstep with all of this chemistry stuff that we've been building since the Bahamas and before that. Right. I will tell you what, though, I do like a good rivalry. And I look forward to when they meet again in Minnesota in March. And I know that every time Joel touches the ball, the crowd will be booing. The other thing that I was disappointed about is that Cat gave a post-game conference where he started blaming his team for not playing basketball, the basketball we practiced, and saying that the game was competitive over and over and over again. And it was not only was it not forthright in saying, oh, it was just competitive, it was competitive, but it was also him blaming his teammates for a style of basketball that they were playing in the first half. And I know Carl played a really good first half. He had 13 points on six shots and was basically unstoppable uh, when he did have the ball. You don't just talk about your teammates like that when you're in in a post-game interview. So I have actually... I found an audio clip of what Towns meant to say during his exchange with the media after the game. Are you ready to hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted that win badly, and things weren't going my way. I was being hooked all game. And after their successful double team against me, JoJo made some unnecessary physical contact with me, which incited my pushback. I should have fueled my energy into the game. I regret putting my team in a situation where they had to fight back from down 20 at the half without me. And I hope that we can realize this aggressive energy into some positive winning basketball and let the game fight for us. Damn, Kat, that was beautiful. Where did you find Should that audio, Dylan? He has a secret PR oh, man sick. called Carl Dillinson. He's a, is his secret PR guy. Sick. Uh, so, yeah. You know, Dylan... Here's my final thought on the matter, is that maybe the next time the Sixers play the the Wolves, maybe we should play some Gorgie Jang and match him up with Joel Embiid. Ooh, because Africa Gor- against Africa. Right, well, and jo- Gorgie Jang it w- will actually punch Joel Embiid if he tries to mess with him. <laughs> Like, Gorgie Jang will knock him the fuck out. <laughs> Gorgie Jang had an interview with, uh, I th- it was Dane Moore, maybe? It was one of the one of the Locked On uh, Wolves podcasters. The interviewer asked him, he said, is there anybody that can beat you in a fight in the NBA? And Gor- <laughs> Gorgie said, <laughs> no, there's there's no one. Wait, wait, he no, said, you have to do it. You have to do he it. Said, he said, no. No, 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 nobody, no one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I'm. Not, oh, he said, no, no, no. He said, I'm not supposed to be here. So, no, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> Wait, what? no, I'm not supposed to be here. Yes, he said, no one can beat me in a fight because I'm not supposed to be here. Just the most badass thing, and I have no idea what it means, but it's like, whoa, I don't want to mess with them. I do know, though. That could mean so many things, and I'm hoping that they're all spiritual. I do know <laughs> that before he was into basketball, I think he was into wrestling, and like he wanted to be like a, a, res- oh. a, a wrestler. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait for his post-career wrestling career. I know, me neither. Post-basketball wrestling career. Anyway, I I would love to see. I mean, I I'm I don't like violence, but it would warm my heart a little bit to see Gorgie <laughs> Jang just sock Joel Embiid. Oh, the Cameroonian turns against his own. But at least you have Pascal Siakam to look forward yes, to. Yes, I still have. And Pascal. I wanted to. 
I wanted to turn that one into our next segment, actually, because... Oh, beautiful transition. I'm excited about my take on the Raptors. Yeah, so right now, Dylan and I are going to talk about, so far, early in the season, our best and worst takes. So we've got three or four each about uh, you know a couple teams based on what we're seeing so far, what we were either... What we're either still really confident about as far as our predictions in the preseason and what looks like a really bad take. So Dylan's going to start with the Raptors. I also have a take for the Raptors. Um, I was really low on the Raptors to start. Um, I I really did not believe in Pascal Siakam's uh, ability to take another step to be like the primary scorer, the primary offensive option, and, and, and the engine of a team and so far he has proven me super wrong and has come out as a like dynamic two-way player and what looks like an all nba level player how similar is this to the 2015 heat now i just i can't believe that i didn't even write that one down as a note but that's one of my favorite takes that i've had on this podcast so far yeah in the two years that we've done this it was really good it was uh, really yeah. good. I said Siakam's going to have to do... He's going to have to jump to another level than what Bosch needed to because Bosch had proven it before and Siakam hadn't. But I said if he can do that, that they would be in contention for a second-round playoffs playoff move. I think that's my number two uh, best take. Man, Pascal is averaging 28, 9, and 4 assists. And also, OG Ananobi is looking really good as at least a defensive replacement for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Not not full replacement, but like he is very solid on both ends of the court. My one concern is that they really do need another point guard. They they need one more point guard if they want to, you know. Act. Or a shooting guard. Well. You think a point guard? Or you think Van Vliet's going to be that? I, I guess if uh, if they need another guard who can who can start because right now they're starting Lowry and Van Vliet together and then just kind of staggering, but I mean if if one of those guys gets injured, then their backup point guard is Norman Powell or yeah. Pat McCaw. Um and that's just that's that's not that's not a playoff team backup point guard. So they need to make some sort of move to get a backup. Um, but I imagine, I imagine they'll be able to work something out. Masai Ujiri will find something creative to do at the by the trade deadline. He did it last year, and he's a fantastic GM. He made the greatest GM gamble in the history of basketball. You, um, you know who they should go get? Something. They should go get Frank Ndokina. Ooh, because cl- clearly the size. Knicks, the Knicks don't give a shit about him. He doesn't play. They've got no. Faith I don't know. In the him. Knicks fans do. The Knicks fans were cheering him. We're like uh, cheering for him to play over Dennis Smith Jr. the other game. But then he there was that one game he came in. David Fisdale was like, "Okay, go go run." And then he had a turnover and like a shitty shot. And then immediately he got pulled from the game. So I just don't think the organization yeah. likes him. I mean, he's a ghost of Phil Jackson, and Fair. they want to they want to move away from the Phil Jackson era because that was an absolute mess. And I think that Toronto is exactly the type of of situation where frank could reach his potential um because he looked really good in fiba um and raptors player development is excellent anyway i have a weird theory about phil jackson's time with the knicks yeah and maybe that he was trying to sabotage the knicks because (laughs) he was in a relationship with genie bus for a while oh Uh, but that's a, for a way different pod, right? Yeah, we should do like some sort of uh, some sort of mer- mystery, like mystery podcasts about that. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> do you have anything else on the Raptors? No, no. Who do you got as one of your best takes? All right, my best take, my absolute best take that I I, I just am over the moon about is that I said the Warriors were going to be really, really bad. I said the Warriors were going to be so bad that they were only going to win 33 games. And so far, my take has looked good. They can't defend worth shit. 
Jordan Poole is ass. Omari Spellman is ass. Uh, <laughs> I can't even name any. Damian Lee is ass. There's this team is ass. This team yeah. is such ass. Even D'Angelo Russell. Willie Cauley Stein went five for five last <laughs> night. <laughs> Eric Pascal. He's got a great first step though, according to the <gasps> Suns broadcast. Uh, I mean, even D'Angelo Russell does not look comfortable yet. Uh, there was a super like uh, one of the most defining plays of the Warriors season, which what w- like to me it was what the Warriors season will be in a nutshell. Steph's Steph. arm, Steph's hand getting broken. No, 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 no. Which I will talk it's about. It's kind of defining. But against the Clippers, maybe, um, Steph brought the ball up the court, and he passed to Draymond. And they ran the classic Warriors action where Steph got rid of the ball to Draymond on the left shoulder. Dray- Draymond came center court. Steph Curry did a loop from, from the center of the arc. He did a loop all the way around down the baseline to the left corner. Draymond Green went to pass to Steph Curry in the corner. D'Angelo Russell was standing right in the passing lane. And so Draymond Green yelled at D'Angelo Russell. He was oh like, God. get the fuck out of the way before he passed the ball. And then Steph missed the shot because the defense had time to close out after D'Angelo had interrupted the play, which was just so perfect because the, the Warriors had forever been the highest IQ team full of like full of players who just knew where to be and what to do. And now... Nobody knows how to play at Draymond and Steph's level. And they look the, like a goddamn mess. The Warriors are my number one worst take. I had them winning 44 games. That's going to be tough. Dylan. And I don't think that that's possible even if Steph... I don't think that that would have been possible if Steph played 82 games. Chalanga. Yeah. I, I said that... that I gave him 44 just because I respected Steph. If he plays 82 games, he'll he'll uh, he'll get them 44 wins. But I don't think that they would have done that. Let's not forget they were down 30 about when Steph got injured. Yeah, and so I'm going to say that the Warriors with Steph still would be one and three. They definitely lost the game before he got injured. Yeah, and I have another thing, and this is about D'Lo. Uh oh, he will never ever make another all-star team in the rest of his career (gasps) please Wolves, do not take him i'm with you i think he's pretty bad he's just so inefficient he's a really inefficient scorer um like his if the wolves would not have gone to trade him i would have been on this a lot earlier but like i think we were all we had to convince ourselves pink by him Yeah. yeah we had to convince ourselves dylan i fucking love that take yeah i don't need to watch another warriors game that was my absolute worst take. I think even if Steph were healthy, your 33 mark would have been right. Dude, um, they're really bad. I think they're going to have a top, <laughs> like they will ha- probably have a top five pick this year. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is that uh, that's another really good take that we had was that they had a top 20 protected pick. And I think now it's pretty clear that they're going to be tanking for that so that they can. Because I guess that turns into, according to Zach Lowe, I heard just today, that turns into like a second-round pick in 2025 yeah. if it doesn't convey this year. That's horrible. What a horrible trade by the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I mean, they got they got Kevin Durant, and they didn't have to re-sign D'Angelo Russell. So they got a, they got a maybe asset because they weren't going to keep D'Angelo Russell anyway. One of my other best takes. Let's say let's, this is my third best take, and that is... The Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh. What did they you have, to- have two wins this year, both against maybe the worst team in the league, the Bulls. They already played but, the Bulls twice? Yeah, they already played the Bulls twice, and they account for both of their wins. But they're 2-2, two and two, and I think that they have a chance at winning 25 games. And everyone else was below, was was below did not agree with me on this podcast, and most people around the league were like, well obviously Kevin Love trade is going to happen and it's inevitable. And so I don't know. I'm still feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. I don't know. And the more I think about it, the more I doubt that the Kevin Love trade is going to happen because he doesn't look that great anymore. He looks fine, but he doesn't look like a team would look at him and say, this guy's going to put us over the edge. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't even been their best player this season. I think, 
their best player so far has been Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson has been amazing this season. <laughs> he has. Been. Have you have you watched Tristan Thompson this season? He's he's like gotten well, in a maybe, time machine. Maybe he's finally gotten over the Kardashian curse or something because there was still some lingering gossip going on last year during the season, wasn't there, with Courtney or whatever? There was. Hopefully, he's over all that. Maybe just like James Harden came back after he started dating a Kardashian. Yeah. Was it also Courtney? <laughs> I don't know. It might have been. But uh, James Harden had a horrible year that year and then came back and now he's won an MVP. So maybe Tristan Thompson's over that and he'll have a couple more strong seasons. Yeah, here's the thing. First of all, Tristan Thompson is still only 28. He turns 29 in a few months here in March. So he's still in his prime. So far this season, he's averaging 20 points, 12 rebounds, and almost two assists per game. He's wow. killing it. He's absolutely killing it. And, you know, he might be, if if the Cavaliers are going to make a trade, he might be the one that gets traded. Because, I mean, if you're the Boston Celtics, doesn't Tristan Thompson sound really nice to have on your team? If he's still 20 and 12, yes. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the next, com- in the coming weeks. Uh, who is another one of your great takes? Another one of my great takes is the Miami Heat. Now we had them out of the playoffs in our power rankings draft, but in my heart, it was mostly me and Troy. Like you would have had them there, but that's what I'm saying is that we (laughs) did because we did it as a group. But in my estimation, the Heat were at the beginning of the season, my fourth or fifth best team in the East. And, so far, they have looked like the fourth or fifth best team in the East. They played really well without Jimmy Butler. Um, they almost beat the the Wolves. They would have beaten the Wolves were it not for uh, a freak Andrew Wiggins game. Uh, but that's the only game they lost. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, They beat the Grizzlies. They came back from behind to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks in overtime. game was great. Yeah. yeah. And then they put a stomping on the Atlanta Hawks without Trey Young. So, you know, not only was that Wolves game and Andrew Wiggins surprise game, it was also on a back-to-back. It was on a back-to-back after that tough overtime Bucks game. Yeah. And so that was almost a schedule loss at that point. Yeah. So really this team could very well be 4 and 0 easily. Then they've got the Hawks again tonight. So, you know, I'm I'm counting that as a win cuz Trey Young is not playing. But this team Yeah. Without Jimmy Butler, their defense is so good. Like it is so good that that will it will carry them through the season. And there's no doubt in my mind that even if Jimmy Butler t- destroys his knee, that this team is still very still likely going to be in the playoffs because their defense will be tops in the league. Um, they like if they're outside the top five in defense at the end of the year, I will be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd definitely be shocked if they're outside top 10, though. I don't think that I underestimated Jimmy Butler. I still think that he's secretly not a top 15 player, not a top 20 player, maybe top 25 player, which mm-hmm. is a good player. That's the best player on a lot of teams, like on a significant amount of teams. But I underestimated how good they are with their depth. And that's partially because Kendrick Nunn is still playing super well, even with Jimmy Butler in the lineup. Yeah, he still started and he's still playing well. And something you pointed out in our preview was that Pat Riley does this every year. They find guys Mm -hmm. that are they're the scrap of the heap. And they found this guy in Santa Clara. On the Golden State, uh, by the way, wouldn't they love to have Kendrick Nunn right now, the Golden State Warriors? But they were on the Golden State Warriors G League affiliate, and they they scrapped him up from the Golden State Warriors. That sucks so bad for the Warriors. Yeah, he's he's playing well. Chris Silva is playing super well. Like, yeah, these players that no one's ever heard of. I mean, they're even getting like real significant contributions from Tyler Hero, who looks like the Rookie of the Year far and away right now. I mean. They Jaw's looking good, but yeah. Jaw is looking good. And RJ is looking good too. RJ's actually looking really, really good. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of players that are looking really good actually this year. It feels like there are more than I would have thought in comparison to like if I consider that 
Zion is injured and all this stuff. I would, I was, I'm just surprised at all of the talent that is showing. Right, all of the freshman talent. Unfortunately, Jarrett Culver is not one of those guys. Right. Uh, anyway, this team is really good. Justice Winslow took a step, and Bam Adebayo took a step. And you know, I'm gonna watch them play the Hawks without Trey Young again tonight because. I, I, I like watching the Heat. I think they're really fun. And they have all-star Goran Dragic coming off the bench. Anyway, this team is good. My number one good take, the Bulls. I don't want to talk about them for very long. Yeah. They're bad. Zach Levine is going to be atrocious defensively. <laughs> and no one else on their team is going to rebound behind Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter. And there's going to be an atrocious team defensively. The only win that they have is a one-point win against the Hornets, who, again, I don't think will win another game. Like, in good conscience, I cannot say that the Hornets will win another game. They definitely will, but I there, I would never, ever, 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 ever put money on it. Nope. I would put money on them against the Hawks without Trey Young. Okay. I could see that. Uh, but you're right. They're really terrible. I, I don't know why anyone thought Thad Young was gonna fix their defense uh that's just crazy to me i don't know why people thought that they would have 10 more wins this year and they didn't put anybody significant on their team that wasn't on it at some point last year right i'm with you i'm with you (laughs) kobe white does look better than i thought though he's he can really score skip over that let's just skip over that for now (laughs) i don't need to talk about kobe white oh uh, that's 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 all i wanted to say uh i got a couple more Bad takes it and one more hurts. good take. So my number one bad take was I said the Los Angeles Lakers would be the seventh seed in the West. And after watching them play a couple games, it has come to my attention that <laughs> even though I do think that their team is super flawed, Anthony Which Davis... all LeBron James teams are super flawed in this exact same way. Yep, Anthony Will Davis... Will they ever get it together? And LeBron are too good they're too good <laughs> they will be higher than the seventh seed unless dis- disaster strikes and i think in the preview i was kind of rooting for disaster but i i can't i mean they they need to find no oh go ahead anthony davis like why are people rooting against anthony davis why are people rooting for disaster for anthony davis all we want to see is great basketball out of ad and if he's going to get 26 free throws if he's going to make 26 free throws in a game there's no way that this team isn't there in late May. Well, Anthony Davis, here's the thing. You don't like people strong-arming their way out of a basketball situation. so I get it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the Pelicans were in a, they were a bad situation. Like, they had a bad owner. Why aren't we blaming ownership for that? Because they were not getting the team around Anthony Davis that they needed to. Let's remember this in four years. When I mean, like Carl Anthony Towns is <laughs> like, oh, get me I've, out I've of never here. blamed. I've never blamed a Timberwolf for wanting to leave the Timberwolves, except Jimmy. And eh, I don't even blame Jimmy that much. I understand <laughs> where he was coming from in terms of how soft our team is because yeah. we are a little bit soft. But he didn't handle it right. Um, he didn't handle it right. I was wrong about the Lakers. They're going to be really good. Anthony Davis is f- fucking phenomenal. Um, Dylan, what else do you got? Let's get to the worst takes, baby. This is what we're all about. Yep. My number three worst take. So I guess the Warriors are my number one. So I have four, but let's just say, let's just not, we're not talking about the Warriors anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I want to talk, uh, what? I'm not really numbering them either. So just, just, okay. Just well, one of them is the Mavericks. Now mm-hmm. I'm hesitant to say much about the Mavericks until Kristaps Porzingis is healthy in February, but. They look really good together so far. Yeah. That's, a, that's all I got to say. I hate I fucking hate the Mavericks. But I know. They do look good. Luca looks like he took a step. He looks really good. Um another one of my bad takes was having the Portland Trailblazers as the number one seed in the West. I don't know why I was so high on the Portland Trailblazers. I just really like Dame Lillard. He's one of my faves. But Hassan Whiteside does look good. He looks he looks much improved. You know, he is in a contract year, so it's important for him to play really well. And he and Dame are friends. Um, so that combination is working. They just really do need to figure out their, their three and four spots. Uh, it's rough. It's really rough. To, to quote Carl Anthony Towns, 
their games have been very competitive, very competitive basketball. <laughs> so competitive. So but competitive. I am worried about that, but we were already worried about that in <laughs> when we did this, and I think that we probably would not have had the Portland Trailblazers as high as we did. They are, are what are they 3 and 2 right now? They're 3 same and 2. Same record as same yep. record as the Clippers, our number 2 seed. And so coming up, you never up, know what's going to happen. Yep, they've got Philly, Golden State, and LA Clippers coming up. So we'll see how they look against the Clippers and the Sixers, you know, that's two upper echelon teams, but they Yeah. Played a close game against the Nuggets and a close game against the Spurs, and they beat the Thunder, Mavericks, and Sacramento Kings. So if they keep on beating the teams they're supposed to beat, they'll be just fine. Right. And I didn't have them personally as my number one seed. I had them as my four or five seed, and they were kind of tied with the Clippers, but I just didn't want to put the Clippers out of spite at the number one seed, right? Yeah. So, uh, but right now, based on what we've, based on like the standings right now, all of that is clearly possible for me. How, where did you have the Portland Trailblazers personally? Personally, I had them as number four in the West. Okay. So yeah. number four or five is not out of the question. I don't think that that's such a bad take yet. Yeah. Uh, another team that I want to talk about is the Phoenix Suns and Javon Carter's defense. They're top 10 in offense and defense to start the year. And they're a fun, fun team to watch. The Suns broadcast is fun to watch. They're actually pretty nice broadcast, pretty like analytical. Well, I don't know about like super analytical, but they're, but they they're not just like homers rooting for their team, like such such as like a Philly broadcast or like a Los Angeles Lakers broadcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've had fun watching the Suns, and I think that I'd rather have Devin Booker than D'Angelo Russell. Damn, Lindsey Whalen, would you rather? Whoa, give me Devin Booker all the way. Fuck that. Yes, give me yeah. Devin Booker. Although, brief side note, D'Angelo Russell saying that someday he, Devin Booker, and Carl Anthony Towns are going to play on the same team. What? Yeah, I'm not excited about that. <laughs> I'm not excited about that at all. Well, just think, I but, hate both of those players. But think about whether, where, where they will be four or five years from now, right? So there's a lot of growth that can still happen. I just hope it's not like the Brooklyn Nets where Katie and Kyrie are playing on the same team but it's just such a weird dynamic yeah that that Nets team is really something else all right so my last good take was I had the Atlanta Hawks number six in the east making the playoffs winning 42 games now Trey Young is going to have to play 70 games 75 games yeah Trey Young is essential to their team um, and he's already hurt. Yeah, he he sprained his ankle. But it's it's not a serious injury. He's not going to be out for too long. So that's good. And, you know, honestly, it's kind of nice that it's becoming coming at the beginning of the season so that Lloyd Pierce has a chance to kind of figure out what he's got, you know, so they can they can problem solve early. And they might look at this team and say, you know what, DeAndre Bembry, Ty Wallace, Evan Turner – they're not good enough to back up Trey Young, and I think we got a shot this year. So, um, you know, maybe Let's then bring Teague back. Bring Teague back. I love, I love Teague Make on the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Teague again. Uh, but there's, you know, there's there's a few routes that they could go as far as trying to find a backup point guard. Um, so, I I think that that is important for them. Um, but when Trey Young has been on the court, he's been un believable he was eastern conference player of the week the first week of the season and he looks like he's in total command of the offense his pick and roll play is unbelievable it's like it's unbelievable he is a complete maestro he's pulling up from the logo he's attacking the basket he's getting to the free throw line he's dishing out assists he's getting rebounds i mean this kid is like this adult he's a he's a man he's a young man this young man is pretty yeah pretty young he can't drink yet yeah, it's crazy to me. That's a kid. <laughs> he is just he's he is special. He is he's really special. And he could if he plays seventy five games, he could really make an all star game this year. Uh no. You guaranteed an all star game. I'm not gonna let you come back on that after the week that he had. <laughs> you are guaranteeing it. L- listen. Say it. Say it. I, I think that he will make an all star game. 
this year. This year, You're guaranteeing it. I think I think that there's a big chance that Kyle Lowry will not be in the All Star game, right? So then I know got, I know I know the argument. I just want to hear you guarantee it again. I guarantee Trey Young will make the Eastern Conference All Star. That's what I'm talking about. All right, my number one worst take, and this is a speculative take based on their defense because. They are second to worst in the league next to the G League Golden State Warriors of Chase Arena. The Houston Rockets are three <laughs> and one, but they look so bad on yeah. defense. And they've lost a couple of pretty important players in terms of their defense. Pretty important minds. Jeff Bizdelic was the assistant coach on the Grizzlies, and he uh, in two, from 2014 to 2016, if you remember, he that that team, that Grizzlies team, took the Warriors to six. They were mm-hmm. the only team other than the Cavs to take the Warriors to six games. And it was an incredible, incredible, incredible team. Really fun series to watch. He also coached the Nuggets, head coached the Nuggets to a first round exit against KG. But that's just that's a random aside. Um. He announced his retirement before last season, and they started one and four. And Houston gave him a call, and they said, "Could you please come back?" So Jeff Bizdella comes back, and their defense became noticeably better. They were ranked twenty first before he was rehired, and seventeenth on the year. I don't know if that's if six or seven games or whatever before he was rehired it is enough of sample size. But he they were still better on defense very clearly after he returned. And now he's taken a spot on Alvin Gentry's staff in New Orleans, who coincidentally have the 28th-ranked defense. Why didn't he retire? Why is he in New Orleans now? Is it something that he actually all along had against Mike D'Antoni or Daryl Morey, or what's going on there? I don't know. Well, the 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 Tillman, Tillman Fertitta, he fired everyone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, uh-huh. so, that, so Tillman had everyone against him. Yep. That sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Uh, for that sucks for the uh, the Rockets, and it's looking like it's affecting their defense to some extent. The other thing that's affecting their defense is Chris Paul was a seven time All Defensive First Team. People mm-hmm. forget about this. Like mm-hmm. Chris Paul is known for his lobs to Blake Griffin and for his Pelicans. I'm the only person on this team, and I'm doing everything for us. But he was a seven time All Defensive First Team guard. Like and when we're talking about the greatest point guards defenders of mm-hmm. this generation chris paul is number one on that list yeah whereas uh, james Brody, harden and uh russell westbrook are like yeah. all-time no defense team <laughs> i will say i did try to look up i did try to look up russell westbrook's defensive stats and they're so much better than i would have thought i would have thought that he would have had a bunch of years where he had a bad defensive box plus minus and he's never had a negative or he's had one or two seasons where he had a negative one. So, uh, and also his on ball defense is always very attentive and aggressive at the very least. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure. Like they're losing a huge defensive mind in Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the Al Horford type where he will point out switches. He will point out, uh, where guys need to be on the court when they're not in the right places. And I do think that Chris Paul is the reason Chris Paul being out game six and game seven is the reason why they didn't win the championship two years ago. Mm, I like that. I'm with you on that. And, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they are defensive different ma- difference makers where, you know, they will have two or three highlight steals every game, but they don't have the defensive consistency that Chris Paul provided. Uh, just, a little bit more on the Rockets is their their four games so far. They gave up a huge lead against the Bucks and lost their first game. They just completely imploded. Then Bad. they beat the that was that was without Giannis. The, they, they gave up the lead without Giannis. Oh yeah, because like, Giannis fouled out. Right. Yeah, what a classic Houston move, right? Yeah. In terms of that happened to them in the playoffs against the Clippers, the Spurs. Oh yeah, it was against the, and then the Clippers choked against the Rockets. Yes. Anyway, that being said. They beat the Pelicans, who are very bad without Zion. Uh, they beat them. By and Drew Holiday. Did they have Drew Holiday even? I think Drew was hurt at that time, yeah. So they beat that team by so three points. With, without their first best two players, yes. the Pelicans. Then they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are looking worse than we thought. They were almost on my bad takes list, but I'm, I'm going to let that play out a little bit by Me four too. points. 
And then last night, they gave up 158 points to the Washington Wizards in so regulation. Bad. So bad. <laughs> At the end of the, the third quarter, the score was like 117 to 111. The final score, the Wizards were up 117 to 111. The final score was Houston 159, Washington 158. That's a 2K score. Chalanga, I ha- I'm so nervous about this game tomorrow. The Wizards are kind of frisky. They've been frisky a couple times this year. Yeah. And we're going to be without our best player, our very, 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 very clearly best player. Yep. If we can eke out this win, though, I'll be so happy. Luckily, we've got a lot of defenders we can throw at Brad Beal. That is, that is the plus. That's true. All right. And on that note, thank you for listening, everyone. This was good, Dylan. This was really fun. Fast paced. Yeah. Good. Um, so don't forget to follow us on the socials on Twitter at Coast to Coast MBA, on Instagram at Coast to Coast MBA Pod. Send us an email at Coast to Coast MBA Pod at gmail.com. Remember, that's the number two. Tony B, you know what you did? Not the letter. Fuck you, Tony B. Uh, <laughs> subscribe, listen, download, and give us a rating and review. Come on, people. We're begging you, please, please do it for me. We did get a new rating. We did? It was from me. It was from me. Because you can do a second one. What? And I did a second one. Cool. Yeah. I told told everyone, listeners, about this a couple podcasts ago. If you have already given one, you can probably give a second one. I don't know if there's a time frame on it within like a certain amount of time that you can do it or like outside of a certain amount of time. But you can do it. So go do that. Come on, people. Do it for us. Let's get some more five stars. All right. I'm going to watch the Heat versus the Trey Young list uh, Hawks. And listen, the Hawks are a huge team. Trey Young is their smallest player by like five inches. It's crazy. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're out of here. The Mon Stars, the Hawk <laughs> Stars. We love you all. Thank you so much. Bye, Chanda. Bye, Dylan. I'm not supposed to be here.